Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richie. Good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day, Michael Trivet, none other than Francesca Rebel HQ All Star contributor. Always <laughs> kind of. I stopped yes. doing them actually, Doc. I ah. but I still do my podcast, The Bituation Room. So everybody listen to that. And so yes. good to be on with you. Always, um, always a pleasure. And thank you. Make sure you give the update as to all of the things that you're a part of now for us. I will. I absolutely will. Just the Bituation Room podcast and uh, you know, listen wherever you get your podcasts on the TYT network as well. Um, but at Franny Fio on YouTube, we got some good stuff. I talked to Naomi Klein, author Naomi nice. Klein recently, which was such a good convo. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> I got to check that out. Yeah, you uh, do. Beautiful stuff. Okay. All right. Top story of the day. Uh, Donald Trump would like to place the judge and the attorney general prosecuting him under citizen's arrest. Uh, let's put up the picture full mass here. So per Mediate, Donald Trump recently posted messages attacking Judge Arthur Ngoran, who by the way said, it's okay for Trump to attack me. And New York Attorney General Letitia James, she did not say it's okay for Trump to attack her over the fraud trial that's entering its final phase. So let me give you the update of how he did this. On Wednesday, here's a background, on Wednesday, it was Ivanka's turn to testify in person. Multiple attempts, unsuccessful, to get out of it by pleading undue hardship. Oh, woe is me, I cannot travel that far. I have other things to do. Now, the, uh, now that the prosecution has wrapped up, Trump's team will present a defense next week. But Trump has kept up his barrage on social media. That barrage included multiple posts on Truth Social, in which he, quote, retruthed. Supporters attacking the trial. So this is his way, all right? Like a retweet, right? One of which carried the dangerous suggestion that a citizen's arrest be performed on the judge and the attorney general in response to a post from Trump containing familiar and false attacks on the trial. Quote, I am the victim of a corrupt legal system that is being used by those surrounding cricket Joe Biden with his full knowledge and consent to hurt demean and damage his political opponent, me. A terrible precedent is being set. But so far, despite the vulgarity and viciousness of it all, it has driven my poll numbers to record numbers. You see, the American people are much smarter than Cricket Joe. They see what is going on. With the corrupt and racist New York State Attorney General and a Trump hating puppet judge willing to do her dirty work, even as it takes him and his reputation to new levels of low. The fully, the fully, they fully, excuse me, understand the Obama appointed radical left DC federal judge who refused to recuse, fully gagged me 
and set a trial date, the day before Super Tuesday, the biggest and most powerful day in the primaries. They get the fact that A.G. Garland and his boss, Lisa Monaco, sent their top DOJ lawyer to Manhattan to run the district attorney's case on me and much more. But we will win. Okay. Now, it's quite fascinating. Now, Trump, if you believe that all of these indictments simply help you, then what the judge did by setting the date a day before Super Tuesday, well, that's a plus in your world because that's going to continue to help you. There should be no complaint. So one user reposted by, by Trump wrote, these prosecutions are all about election interference. Another took that idea a step further. Uh, and remember, uh, Trump is basically reposting. My fantasy, I would like to see Letitia James and Judge and Gorin placed under citizens arrest for blatant election interference and harassment. Now, here's the thing, Trump is under a narrow gag order that prevents him or his attorneys from attacking the judge's staff. But promoting a suggestion like this could provoke or be intended to provoke further action. Um, as I said, to every judge who continued to give a gag order to Trump, you need to either stop or be about that action. Yes. Period. Because he's going to set it up to create a victory narrative every time he violates your gag order that you strictly put upon him, narrowly defined. He violates it and you don't do a damn thing. So either be about that life or don't. Don't give him a gag order if you're not going to proceed with the normative routine protocols of justice. He is literally threatening your lives. And you bring him in the courtroom and say things like, ah, you could threaten me all you would like to, Mr. Trump. What judge has ever said some foolishness like that to a defendant? There's more. Meanwhile, the district attorney of Fulton County, Bonnie Willis, has said this. Bonnie Willis, the Fulton County DA prosecuting former President Donald Trump and many others in Georgia, says that the election subversion trial could play out well past next year's presidential race. I believe the trial will take many months and I don't expect that we will conclude until the winter or the very early part of 2025. Well, mark your calendar as the early part of 2025 means by the time there's a verdict, whoever it is will be president, will have been elected by that. And that includes maybe the former president, Donald Trump. Now, how do we do this? How? I mean, logistically, how? Do you think Donald Trump is going to come to a Fulton County court <laughs> if he's president of the United States? Mm -hmm. Do you think he's going to adhere to the protocols of justice once he is in the chair known as the presidency again? Francesca, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. Uh, he and his entire family have to win the White House again in order to stay out of jail or just, you know, who knows what is going to be house arrest, you know, uh, devaluing his properties. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is the thing. Ultimately, is he actually going to see the inside of a prison cell? 
doubtful. Uh, but you're referencing the fact that he probably should, given the ways that under this gag order that he's not be like uh, uh, complying with. Anyone else, any other defendant would have been detained at this point and all of their phones and their communications seized because again, you are a threat to society at large. And this is part of the, that gag order. You're also a threat to the very members of, of, of justice that are trying to actually um, carry this case forward. I mean, here's the thing, I think Engeron and Letitia James think they got him, right? Like that ultimately Engeron's gonna hit him with this 250 million or more. You know, mm. the Trump organization is gonna be completely dismantled. They will have nothing. But that's a big if he doesn't get reelected. So, yeah, it is all coming to a head. And yeah, the Fonnie Willis trial, that is different. That is separate. And by that time, right? If he loses, Doc, come on. There's gonna be a whole other like series of trials right. because they're gonna try and say, and they're gonna try and stuff ballots and try and do the same damn thing that the Georgia trial is about. But it is, it's all very scary. And you're, you know, you bet if he gets back into the White House, yeah, no, uh, Letitia James is gone. I mean, I don't know if, how that is possible as a president, but I'm sure he'll see to it. Engeron, of course, anyone who was a not Trump appointee will be out of there. Yep, and those who are, well, let's just say adversarial to the administration based on some of the proclamations that have come. Um, he will create an avenue to target them as well, all right? He's given the blueprint. We'll give you an update as, give you an update as it comes. Um, all right, there's a fight happening uh, in the US Senate. It uh, almost did. But you know, luckily, an 82 year old man named Bernie Sanders was able to stop it. All right, um, here's a video. Everybody knows this here in the last time. <laughs> him and I kind of had a back and forth. Uh, appreciate your demeanor today. It's quite different. But after you left here, you got pretty excited about the keyboard. In fact, you tweeted at me one, two, three, four. Five times, and let me read what the last one said. Um, it said, greedy CEO who pretends like he's self-made. Sir, I wish you was in the truck with me when I was building my plumbing company myself, and my wife was running the office because I sure remember working pretty hard and long hours. Pretends like he's self-made. What a clown, fraud, always has been, always will be. Quick the tough guy act in these Senate hearings. You know where to find me, any place, any time, cowboy. Sir, this is a time, this is a place. You wanna run your mouth? We can be two consenting adults, we can finish it here. Okay, that's fine, perfect. You wanna do it now? I'd love to do it right now. Well, stand your butt up then. You stand your butt up. Oh, hold on, oh, hold, stop it. Is that your All solution right. every problem? No, no, sit down. Sit down. Okay. You know, you're a United States senator. Sit down. Active. Oh, okay, okay. Sit down, please. All right. Can I respond? Mr. Hold Shim. it. Hold it. If Hold we can't, no, I have the mic. I'm sorry. This is Hold what it. he said. You'll have your time. Okay. Can I respond? Oh, no, you can't. <laughs> this is a hearing. And God knows the American people have enough of contempt. But Congress, let's not I don't make like it worse. Thugs and you, you have, and you have, I don't like you because you just described yourself. Yeah, hold it. You have the mic. Yeah. You have time. All make right. Just stay. Bless Senator Bernie Sanders. If I were the chairman of the committee, um, I would have simply said, gentlemen, here's the issue. Between you both, 
is nothing but ass and opportunity. Mm-hmm. That's it. So if you feel froggy, somebody needs to jump. All right, put up the picture full of mass. Uh, so yes, one was talking reckless and insinuated basically, hey, you know, if you want some, come and get some. Now that was keyboard courage talk, all right? He took keyboard courage talk and brought it to the man directly. Uh, I do like how even in their breaking of all the rules, they decided not to use profanity, but said, but instead, you get your <laughs> butt up. No, you get your butt up. <laughs> okay, so tension soared Tuesday during the Senate um, Help Committee hearing as um, Senator Mullen, a former mixed martial arts fighter, by the way, challenged Teamsters President Sean O'Brien to a physical fight during the union leader's testimony. The confrontation escalated to the point where Senator Sanders had to step in as a referee, defuse the situation, and prevent a possible physical confrontation. So Senator Mullen um, took, the, <laughs> took the mic to blast the Teamsters boss regarding personal attacks made against Mullen in June 2023, specifically mentioning uh, the tweet where O'Brien called Mullen a greedy CEO who pretends like he's self-made in reality. It's just a clown and fraud, always has been, always will be, all right? Um, And then the quit the tough guy act in these Senate hearings, you know where to find me, any place, any time, cowboy. Well, all right. Mullen's estimated net worth ranges from 31.6 to 75.6 million, all right? So as Mullen continued to read the tweet, he landed on the uh, ending, quit the tough guy act in these Senate hearings. You know where to find me, any place in the time, cowboy, um, hashtag little man syndrome, and share this photo of Mullen on an apple box crate. <laughs> okay. O'Brien, <laughs> O'Brien was at the Tuesday, November 14th hearing at um, Sanders' invitation to testify to the Senate Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee, once again, the Help Committee, about how unions are improving the lives of working families. Sanders, the committee chairman, might not have been aware of the previous contentious feelings between the union rep and the Oklahoma. Senator, after the hearing, Mullen was firm on his position, did not apologize to the union leader or the public for his conduct. Quote, he called me out. He said, anytime, any place. You don't call me out and say anytime, any place, and then not back up what you said. I answered the call, period. The GOP rising star said, according to the Hill, Mullen was also asked if he believed he should be held to a higher standard because he is a member of the Senate. Quote, I'm still a guy, end quote. (laughs) The husband and father of six said, he called me, he said it, I just answered the bell. That was all. Speaking about the incident on Fox News, Sean Hannity praised Mueller's actions. uh, And uh, here's some of the conversation. Senator, I got to be honest, I don't think this is going to hurt you at the people of Oklahoma. I think your popularity probably will go up uh, tenfold as a result of that. He called you out. You called him out for calling you out. And that's kind of old school the way it used to be, isn't it? Right. 
Yeah, it is. And in Oklahoma, people tell me, I've had media come out to me and says, this isn't coming of a senator. I was like, listen, I'm a guy from Oklahoma first. In Oklahoma, you don't do this. Maybe you run your mouth in New Jersey. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not from New Jersey, but this is some thug. That's a mob boss. And you're supposed to be intimidating because he's the boss of the Teamsters. You still aren't going to run your mouth at me and expect me to just sit there. And, and you should have seen the fear of his eyes when I stood up too. I'm not joking. I'm not looking for a fight. I used to get paid to fight professionally. And, and it's not personal to me. I'm not mad at this guy. I mean, he said it. I'm just answering the call. That's it. If he wants to go out afterwards and have a cup of coffee, let's go have a cup of coffee. I'm friends with a lot of guys that I used to fight. I, I unfortunately, <laughs> I grew up in I, I grew up in the country of Oklahoma. You did the same thing that you did when you grew up, and you settled your issues and you went on with it. And there was no hard feelings by it. Well, a few times there's hard feelings, especially if you if you won. But if you lost, you just kind of took your lickings and you get, you learned from it, right? And we need more of this. To be quite frank, I'm not saying more violence, but we need more people to be taught a lesson and and be called out on what they say. I think any other response kind of would have been a little gutless. Uh, that, but, it, you know, there, I would agree with that. I mean, what do people want me to do? If I didn't do that, people in Oklahoma would be pretty upset at me. That's not how we <laughs> raise. I'm supposed to represent Oklahoma values. Oklahoma values. Put up the picture. Sir, I'm from Glenwood Road. Here's what we saw. We saw an 82-year-old U.S. Senator stop a former M. M a fighter from doing what he said he wanted to do. If you allow an 82 year old individual to stop you from fighting, sir, we question if you had any fight in you. It's real simple. Mullen is a former MMA fighter with a professional record of five and zero. He beat up five people in his life. Five. He was inducted into the Oklahoma Wrestling Hall of Fame in 2016. How does that happen? Mullen is also the first, um, as he says, Native American senator in almost two decades. Okay. Um, yeah, it was weird. That was ridiculous. Uh, and, and naturally, if he really wanted to do something, you can wait after the hearing. Uh, if you really want to do something, there's a hallway. All right. Everybody has to go down. I've been there before. Uh, before or after. Uh, to do it while the cameras are on, while uh, police officers are present, and while the Senate is officially, well, in the commission of the hearing, that is when you decide to bring it up for the cameras. Come on, man, that's Hollywood. Get real, all right? Okay, Francesca, am I wrong here? I mean, no, you're 100% right. Look, this is about the actual issue, which is what are the values that Sean O'Brien, head of the Teamster, stands for? And that is union values, right? Working class, uh, protecting the working class of America values, right? Making sure that workers uh, are paid fairly, that they have negotiating and bargaining rights, that they're not bullied by their bosses. That is what the Teamsters represent. So right. Mark Mullen and this, or Mark Wayne, excuse me, the dumbest <laughs> name ever. This dude says his values are what? Trying to throw a punch, trying to be a tough guy in a literal Senate hearing? Are you kidding me? What about the workers of Oklahoma? What about the Teamsters of Oklahoma? Oklahoma? What about the truck drivers of Oklahoma? What about those folks? This goes back to the fact that earlier in March, the two of them had it out because Mullen was mad at O'Brien because Mullen, because he said that the Teamsters tried to unionize his plumbing company. Right. In other words, he is just like any most bosses, a boss who doesn't want his workers like fighting for a better wage, fighting for better living working conditions and such. So this is this is the disagreement. And look, 
hats off to the Sean's in the union in, in our unions, man. You got Sean Fain, you got Sean O'Brien. Both of them represent a new class of working class hero who's not going to take all this corporate crap lying down. They're going to stand up for themselves. And we've seen the proof of the pudding as with the UAW strike. Yep, there you go. Very well said. All right, we will bring you an update if they ever throw them hands. Well, let's know who won, okay? <laughs> All right. Um, ironic, Ben Shapiro beefing with Candace Owens over Israel. Let me take you to this one first. Here it is. And then the question is about Candace Owens. I think her behavior during this has been disgraceful. Without a doubt. I think that I think that her her faux sophistication on these particular issues has been ridiculous. It's not faux sophistication; it's ridiculous. Everybody can see the moves that she's making and the things that she's saying, and I find them disreputable. Wow! All right, let's put up the tweet. I will give you the background to the saga. Okay, blessed are the peacemakers. Candace wrote, "For they shall be called the children of God." Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. No one can serve two masters, either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Uh, now, all of, all of that's in the Bible. Uh, now, she was pulling from a few different places. All of that's in scripture, all right? Um, put up this second one. Um, so Shapiro is slamming Owens for a commentary on the um, Israel-Hamas conflict. So some, some speculate, obviously, uh, that the rift started um, in November. But the tweet I just read to you, um, after the comments made by Shapiro, her boss at the Daily Wire went viral. Owens posted this cryptic tweet hours later, and I just read that. And some speculate that the rift started on November 3rd when Owens tweeted this about the genocide. No government anywhere has the right to commit genocide ever. There is no justification for genocide, okay, for genocide. I can't believe this even needs to be said or is even considered the least bit controversial to state, all right? Sounds like a reasonable. Tweet, as a matter of fact, probably the most, the most reasonable thing, most decent thing Candace Owens has ever said. I, I find no, absolutely no issue with that statement. All right. So on November 5th, um, Owens retweeted. All right. She retweeted Max Blumenthal to agree with his comments that, quote, we white American Jews are living through a golden age of power, affluence, and safety. All right, so it says you are about to get into a lot of trouble for stating this. Reminds me of when I said something similar about the NAACP and BLM way back then, way back when. Oh, God. When you disrupt, you know, she has to mess it up. When you disrupt the trauma <laughs> economy and call out the not-for-profits that benefit from it, you become their next target. So Max uh, says, you know, we... White American Jews are living through a golden age of power, fluence, and safety. 
acceptance of this welcome reality threatens the entire Zionist enterprise from lobby fronts like the ADL to the state of Israel, blah, blah, blah. All right, so it continues as an entire tweet about it. So the following day, Shapiro uh, responds to the tweet, okay? And says, I think ADL is a partisan hack organization too. But retweeting Max Blumenthal, who spends his life covering for Jew haters, he says, and stumping for Israel's destruction, makes the conversation significantly worse. It's garbage. And then he places Candace Owens' tweet, obviously, in the retweet. Um, so Candace would then respond to Shapiro. I don't know who Max Blumenthal is, but I do know that you have my number and could have could have informed me in earnest. Real relationships should trump Twitter theater. Let's set a better example going forward. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, in other words, you had my number. You could have called me. You could have talked this out. Um, interesting. All right. So outrage from other conservatives caused Owens to defend herself against accusations of being um, an anti-Semite. Here it is. People are feeling like they can't even speak about this subject or they can't talk to a person like the way that you and I are, are speaking without being called mm -hmm. a Jew hater. And so it's kind of creating this weird situation where actually it's furthering the problem to keep calling people Jew haters. It's furthering the problem to call people anti-Semitic. It would be more helpful to actually try to see where you connect and see how you're feeling because it humanizes things. It's like, listen, I'm not Jewish, so I don't feel as radically or as you know motivated as you do about the situation that's happening. I'm, I am being selfish and American and saying I don't want a single dollar to go overseas because we've been in a bunch of useless wars. And that might be upsetting right. to hear, but there's no anti-Semitism in my heart when I say it. It's just me being... Mm -hmm. Consistent in how I've always felt. I genuinely would vote against sending a single dollar to Israel, like I was vocal about not sending money to Ukraine or any other country. It's nothing personal. It's just I am very much America first. I'm looking at what's happening in America right now. I've been talking about what's happening at the universities. There's a million ways mm -hmm. I would spend that money. <laughs> wow. <sighs> Put it up, full mass. Here's what's about to happen. Uh, Owens has since announced that she will be sitting in. Um, sitting down, excuse me, for an exclusive interview with the former Fox News host, Tucker Carlson, that will be released uh, this evening. Quote, what an honor, uh, she remarked about the forthcoming conversation, which she said would leave no topic off limits. So that's how they kind of sell it. The choice of Carlson's platform on X as the place to air her grievance or grievances is notable, given the fact that Shapiro has also blasted Carlson for downplaying the Hamas October 7th attack in Israel and adopting a bizarre and ugly position that efforts to people to help Israel uh, would lead to a broader regional war. And, uh, you know, I've looked at, I reviewed a lot of Shapiro's uh, commentary. Um, he seems to be quite extreme on some of this stuff, and he's also been challenged on some of the things he said uh, previous to this mm -hmm. as it relates to uh, the Palestine. So uh, remember, Palestinians, okay, let, let's be very clear. Israel is not at war with Palestinians, they're just killing them. The government of Israel is killing Palestinians, saying this is the only way we can kill the terrorist Hamas, the group who attacked us. 
because they're hiding in Palestine, according to the narrative from Netanyahu. But if Hamas was hiding in Israel, they would not indiscriminately kill Israelis in order to find Hamas. There would be exacting precision. So you need to not actually catch Hamas in order to keep the evil killing of innocent Palestinians going. And let's be very clear about the Palestinian population. They have one of the youngest demographic populations on the planet. Their median age is 19 years of age, Mm 19.6 to be precise. 40% of their entire population is 14 years of age, 40% of the Gaza population is 14 years of age or under, okay? So those are the numbers, we're talking about children. We're talking about children, all right? All right, Frank, Francesca, thoughts here. Yeah, no, look, I think it's important to not get waylaid by these right wingers that are fighting. You know, look, Candace Owens might be right when it when she condemns genocide, but she absolutely is on a slippery slope to real anti-Semitism. And you see that, you know. Yeah. We don't need Candace Owens in the Palestine Liberation Movement. We don't need Candace Owens in the ceasefire movement. We don't need all that. Just like I would argue that, you know, if you're supposedly for Israel, you shouldn't get the head of Christians for Israel who ultimately said that God sent Hitler down to earth in order to create the state of Israel. Like there are some strange bedfellows happening right now. All I would say is Ben Shapiro is a rabid anti-Arab racist and Candace Owens is sort of getting hip to that. She's seeing how, I mean, she like many, many other people is against indiscriminate killing of children. But I can only imagine that her going on Tucker Carlson's ex show is both of them doing the exact thing that we who believe in Palestinian human rights and Israeli human rights are warning not to do, which is basically engaging in real anti-Semitism. And where does it come from people? Always the right, always the right. It does not come from the left. Criticizing Israel is not anti-Semitic. It is from the likes of Candace Owens and Tucker Carlson. It is going to be an interesting um, saga uh, in the next week or so after yeah. this you know, segment comes out. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Okay, let me read some of these amazing comments. Um, Cray Cray Souffle, I feel Trump is about to get spanked by the New York judge and AG, he'll lose. His ability to make conduct business and it will be far worse than if he wins or loses his presidential bid. That's what some people say. Some from his camp previously connected to him uh, say this is the worst fate for him. All right. Um, Joe, Joe underscore dragon. So, Doc, Trump can claim bias from a judge, but GOP doesn't see any bias with Supreme, Supreme Court justices receiving gifts from wealthy businessmen or being married to Jan Six accomplices. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. No bias there. Everything. We never talk about cases. No. It's insane. All right. And uh, the Jack, thank you so much for that. Um, that punk dry snitching, knowing ain't nothing gonna happen. Yep. That's about it. Snack underscore Panther. Thank you. I'm um, Owens is just as phony as she claims being Shapiro is. I mean, she could have used the phone also. Good point. And all right, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's interesting. Okay, 
Uh, so, so <laughs> <laughs> I like how KG are being, mm, yeah, that, that, that is interesting. Uh, so King King says, Candace forgot she was black, but folks didn't. <laughs> All right, I got something for you, ladies and gentlemen. I wish you Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You feel free. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Don't live here. You don't live here. Leave. Go ahead. I'm going to call Forsyth County. Okay, Karen. See you on TikTok. <laughs> I've already got your license plate number, and I'm going to call Forsyth County right now. Okay. And, and I'm going to call the tow thing to come tow you. Okay. The tow thing? All right. Um, let's, you know, let's talk about this. Obviously, the Karen believes that if you are parked in a parking spot, you simply, well, if you don't live there in the, I guess, complex, you're not able to park your car. I assume it's a logic here. Uh, but Karen, please <clears throat> stop opening the doors of other people's car. This could be disastrous for you. If somebody knows this, Karen, uh, this is an opportunity at an intervention, okay? With that kind of attitude, she could possibly run up on the wrong person and disaster can happen, all right? All right, Francesca. Opening but, car doors. But she's white. She's white. She's an older white lady who lives in a rich suburb. Like, what does she have to fear? This woman's never been afraid of minding business that's not her own right. her entire life. I mean, it shows. Like, what? This is just. Get a hobby, girl. Go back to crochet. This is what I've always said about these Karens. And it's so cute to watch this Karen hear herself be called a Karen. And it like, you see the moment she's like, (laughs) you know, she like gets it because she, (laughs) even the Karens know that we got a name for them, right? Um, But again, it's just like, what better thing? Like, what happened to being neighborly? What happened to being, I mean, she sounds like she's from the South. Like, what I thought, what about like Southern hospitality? No, that we've replaced that with, you know, shoot first, ask questions later, open the car doors of strangers and tell them they don't belong there. Just wild. Yeah, Karenicity. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Anti-Karens unite. Right now, so oh, what are you gonna do? I'm gonna what evict you from you the hotel, and I recommend you get out of my face. Or what? Nathan, call 911. Priceless. As a matter of fact, let's see that again. You to be quiet right now, so oh, what are you gonna do? I'm gonna what evict the you from you the hotel, do? and I recommend you get out of my face. Or what? Nathan, call 911. 
put it up full mass from him looking that way to turning the other way and saying with flawless precision, <laughs> Nathan called 911. Obviously, Nathan was prepared prior, meaning there was an organized plan before engagement even started. Nathan was on standby the entire time. This took a level of coordination typically not seen in these <laughs> moments. <laughs> um, there's some debate as to who's the Karen here uh, and who's the anti-Karen. I don't know many details, obviously. I see the video just like you see it. Uh, but I do know that, well, uh, it was in fact the uh, customer that seemed to come to the face of the employee. Once the employee said, I will evict you if you're not um, quiet or if you don't settle down, basically. And then uh, we stopped all that noise with uh, Nathan call 911. Just fascinating stuff. All right, Francesca, how do you see it? I mean, I do think it's it's a high level of coordination as we as we watch these videos yes. and you see someone's filming them. And yeah. I'm like, maybe, look, maybe this was done like it was orchestrated and he's like trying to get a girl and he's just like, you know, <laughs> I'm a tough guy. You're like, oh, um, what is like being a hotel manager entail? And it's like, I'll show you, babe. And it's like, Nathan, call 911. Like, I love that. His little Robin um, <laughs> awesome. is unclear what the dude with, you know, the hat is doing this little golf vacation. He seems very red faced. He might be, you know, uh, a few cocktails deep. But um, I do look, the Karen's always wind up on the laps of like employees and workers who are just trying to get through their damn day, trying to be helpful, also trying to collect a paycheck, go home and sleep well at night. And so I just appreciate him flexing, even if it feels a little staged. Yeah, <laughs> but the way he said it, man, I'm, I'm trying to upload that, make it a ringtone or something. <laughs> You're beautiful. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. Let me go to some of these comments. Biden Flavor Corn Pop says, Nathan, 86. <laughs> um, Essence, ma'am, you just assaulted my vehicle. That's right. Uh, Tanya Ladmarot, uh, Nathan has your back. Yep, I agree. Uh, Taste of Cake, the way how he turned and said, Nathan called 911, took me out. It took me out. <laughs> <laughs> I had to look at it a few times for several. It was great. <laughs> Smiling faces, member for eight months. Um, love the show today with my favorite people on. Glad I tuned in today as I am not feeling very well today. Love the both of you and free soul life. Love you back as well. All right. Sorry, you're not feeling your best. Um, but sometimes feeling is a state of mind. All right. So I hope that you can enjoy the show and enhance your state of mind during the process. All right. Thank you for tuning in. Yeah. All right. And yeah. Um, SK underscore uh, nine, get on, get on it, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan's like, I'm filming you right now. Let <laughs> right, me, like, I gotta, I gotta stop filming and then <laughs> <Right>. call. <laughs> Dringer underscore dragon, dial it, Nathan. And Octo Squiddies, Nathan knows the protocol. That's right, he sure does. All right, um, what if I told you that a cop got so upset over co-workers conversation about um, 
the movie Top Gun Maverick that he pulled a gun out on the coworker. All right? Pulled his gun out on the coworker. He's a cop because of Top Gun Maverick released in 2022. Anyway, I'll put up the picture full mass. Hell of a thing, I will give you the background. Um, so the movie came out in 2022, Memorial Weekend Crown with its profitable box office record. That doesn't mean everyone's seen it, all right? So according to the Los Angeles Times, 30-year-old Australian police officer, constable, uh, Dominic Francis Gaynor, pled guilty for carrying a firearm with disregard for the safety of his colleague when he threatened his colleague to not spoil the sequel. I mean, <laughs> I mean, this just maybe I may not be aware. So, do people take this movie that seriously? I don't know. Here's the background: court documents state that 26-year-old probationary constable Morgan Royston saw Top Gun. He saw the movie. He paid the money. He went to the movie. Maverick the previous evening and jokingly threatened to spoil it for the officer. All right. As stated by the documents of what the Australian cop did, the officer pointed his firearm at the vicinity of the complainant and held it stationary for five seconds. The offender's finger was on the receiver and not the trigger. The offender was laughing throughout this incident. So the officer appears to have intended the whole thing as a prank, okay? The Australian broadcasting company said the officer allegedly told his colleague something along the lines of, don't spoil the movie, blank, and I'll shoot you, all right? Uh, what is the aftermath? Here it is. So Royston quit the force <laughs> after the ordeal. He said he wanted to become a police officer despite the dangers that would come. But after his colleague pulled a gun on him, Officer Royston felt overwhelm, overwhelming shock and fear. Like, damn, what have I signed up for? Mm -hmm. Sadly, this officer ended up falling into depression afterward. As he told the court on Thursday, quote, I have completely lost the trust I had and my admiration for the NSW police force. When I see a police officer now, I feel compelled to watch them and check their hand is not on their firearm, end quote. So the uh, Gaynor's lawyer, the officer who pulled a gun, Chris uh, McCauley, made a case for the officer that he was remorseful and that there was no malicious intent. The, the attorney summed up the incident as skylarking and tomfoolery uh, that went awry. The lawyer pointed out that a conviction would remove him from the police force and cost his client dearly. The court handed the officer not only a conviction, but also 100 hours of community service and a two-year community <laughs> correction order. Earlier in the week, he also experienced suspension without pay. Thankfully, in the aftermath of all of this, no shots were fired and no one was physically hurt. And according to the Daily Mail, the officer resigned from the police force and is now a car salesman. Good for him not around the vicinity of any more guns to prank a coworker with live ammunition. 
All right. Um, you know, here's what I can say. It was handled swiftly. It was handled um, appropriately. And even when the uh, judge received all of this, oh, Jan, if you do this to him, the guy's going to have uh, no, no, you know, police action in his future, no opportunity. Uh, judge said, "You're damn right," and I'm going to add something to that. We don't have judges like that typically in the United States of America, <clears> where <throat> a person is actually held accountable uh, for breaking the law. And I do believe, while uh, probably in the spirit of some perverted horseplay, who the hell pulls a gun out of somebody for anything? If you're not about to shoot them because you have to, um, even in that context, he should be held to a much higher standard of accountability because he's a cop and that's your coworker. It's in a professional environment. You got you guys are having um, an argument about a movie. Doesn't make sense. Francesca, thoughts? I mean, this of course is a story from Australia because yeah. uh, cops do not get held accountable for shooting unarmed Americans in this That's country. Right. Uh, so this is uh, getting held accountable for something that probably happens, uh, you know, every Monday at 9 a.m. where your fellow cop in the United States will just pull a gun on his coworker just like just because it's funny and stupid. Oops! Like I, you just imagine the stories that we're not hearing. Um, the other reason I know it's Australia is because um, Top Gun Maverick came out a long time ago in the States, but me, it was slower to come out in Australia. I don't know how things work, but uh, yeah. that's how you know it's from there. But I also just, it's such a hilariously stupid story. I'm glad that he got some community service and it's just, man, I wish we had that kind of accountability when someone right. is reckless here. Exactly, well said. Hunter Biden, well, he wants some get back. He has now sought to subpoena Donald Trump and the former Attorney General of the United States, Bill Barr. Uh, beautiful stuff here. Let me explain. Hunter Biden requested on Wednesday to subpoena former President Trump and former AG Bill Barr, along with other senior officials. Biden, who faces three federal gun charges, is demanding Trump and Barr turn over communications and documents concerning the president's son or his criminal investigation. The demands for documents, which must be approved by a judge, also extend to former Deputy Attorney General Richard Donahue and former Attorney General Jeffrey Rosen. Now, this is going to be an interesting dynamic. So the attorney wrote in the court filing, quote, Mr. Biden seeks specific information from three former DOJ officials and the former president that goes to the heart of his defense that this is possibly a vindictive or selective prosecution arising from an unrelenting pressure campaign beginning in the last administration in violation of Mr. Biden's Fifth Amendment rights under the Constitution. So let me explain the culture of a subpoena like this, nine times out of 10, an attorney at this level with these types of leaders, they are, they are not going to request things like this without having some indication that the information exists. Now, if they're able to track it down, if they're able to actually find the gun from the smoke, that's another story. But something has them um, on a trail, they are trying to find it, okay? There's more. So let's talk about the gun charges, all right? Biden's gun charges. He is accused of possessing a firearm while addicted to a controlled substance 
and failing to disclose drug use when seeking to buy a weapon. So on the application, it says, hey, are you on narcotics? No, I'm not, because if I say that, I'm not going to get the gun, okay? Uh-huh. <laughs> and this is the basis of one of the charges. Biden, who also acknowledges struggles with addiction, pleaded not guilty. Republicans have long criticized the investigation into Biden, portraying his now defunct plea agreement as a sweetheart deal and lambasting prosecutors for not charging him with additional crimes in their subsequent indictment. All right, so let's put it up. Biden subpoena. The motion extensively extensively references those criticisms, calling out by name House Oversight and Accountability Committee Chair James Comer and the House Ways and Means Chair Jason Smith. Biden also accused Trump and his congressional allies of mounting a sustained, almost nonstop public pressure campaign for prosecutors to bring charges. Now, you don't have to go too far to understand that connection. I mean, Trump literally was trying to call people who did not even live in the United States of America in order to do this, right? So naturally, you would assume he has done it or did do it with local prosecutors on some level. So the committee, Commerce Committee last week, as part of their impeachment inquiry, subpoenaed Hunter Biden and other members of the president's family. The GOP investigation into the Bidens has multiple prongs, including claims they were engaged in influence on peddling, as well as claims that some money flowed to President Biden himself during his vice presidency. And the White House has vigorously denied any wrongdoing. So Biden's attorney will continue to say, um, it's, it's a clear no measure of charges against Mr. Biden will ever be enough to appease Chairman Comer and Smith and their MAGA allies. Biden's attorneys wrote in their motion. As anyone can readily tell, it is not just pressure from within the Trump era executive branch that is the problem. Uh, it is also incessant, uh, unrelenting outside interference from uh, congressional Republicans and their allies in the prosecutorial process, which is supposed to be independent, free from political, political interference. The motion continued, quote, undoubtedly. The current political climate has now jeopardized that longstanding and fundamental American principle. Uh, I don't think anybody thought this was not a political uh, dynamic uh, on some level. So everyone politicized it. And the most famous thing in America at one point was Hunter Biden's crack pipe. Well, that's mm-hmm. because Hunter Biden was a proxy, obviously, to the political powers connected to now President Biden and everybody else in that regime. So he's a proxy uh, for this type of political attack, no question about it. Uh, did he do something illegal? Well, yes, uh, it's on camera. You can't say he didn't. Um, I believe that people who have an addiction have a sickness and they should be helped. All right, That is my personal belief and I think it should be reflected in our law and how we deal with it. Mm-hmm. But now you literally have a connection between prosecutors, oversight members, and possibly a defendant who happens to be the son of their political opponent uh, mm-hmm. being Biden. 
All right, Francesca, how do you see this? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really important point. You know, we've been waiting for, at least I've been waiting for something like this, but there is no way to depoliticize it right. um, because, you know, at the time, Joe Biden's running for president, Hunter Biden is his son. Now Joe Biden is president, Hunter Biden's still his son, but also, but when does Hunter Biden get his day, right? Yeah, when do we actually figure out all the ways that the former president used the government to specifically, they always accuse, you know, the other side of doing weaponizing justice, weaponizing government against private citizens at the time and currently private citizens. So this subpoena is great. And what's so funny about it is that this could have all gone away had Hunter Biden, um, had there just been like that plea deal that Republicans were so against. No, we've got to do more investigating. Wanna, okay, you want to keep this case open? Then you're going to have to get all these documents and all of the emails, all the ways that you tried to dig up dirt that wasn't there, including blackmailing a foreign president, digging up dirt on the Biden family, we're gonna need to see that. And mind you guys, 91 uh, criminal indictments here, none of them have to do with the kinds of meddling into the Biden family's life, right? right? I mean, he was impeached once, but there's been no actual legal repercussions. So I'm fascinated by this. I wonder what we're gonna see come of it, but it's just, you have to draw a line somewhere. And I'm so glad you're describing this because like, yeah, the very people who could be overseeing Hunter Biden's fate might also have been implicated in digging up dirt about Hunter Biden. Yep. How is any of that on the up and up? It is quite fascinating. All right, we'll bring you updates as they come. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. A lot of show left. Let me read some of these beautiful comments. Um, next, T.Y.T. reporter says, I've served in the military and even I don't want somebody to point a gun at me as a prank. Not funny, bro, not at all. And you gotta think about, um, the guy was uh, probationary, so that means he doesn't know anybody that well, right? And a gun is pulled on him by his colleague. Biden, a uh, flavor corn pop, ha, aha, Hunter coming out to deal with this, finally. I wanna see what photos MTG comes up with when she pops up <laughs> in that court gallery. Or is Hunter gonna add her to the subpoena? God, that's right. Um, mosquito bite, uh, good thing they weren't discussing lethal weapon. Night eater, I take my spoilers seriously, but not this serious. Yeah, <laughs> I can concur. Uh, and Obadiah Hotep B1, member for 15 months, thank you. Happy to be part of the most phenomenal family on YouTube. Big up doc, you're the best and you're the best. All right, iron sharp as iron, we appreciate your support and Twitch. Uh, Winston, 121-880, taking that Top Gun title too, literally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. I got a question for everybody. What in the red state hell? You can take a gun, shoot somebody in the face. It's not hard. Sometimes it might even be fun if they're a godless commie. Now, what they're trying to do is sneak the COVID vaccine in your salads. I never had, I hate math. Somebody say amen. Okay, what's your number? Hey, hey. Hi. I'm getting about 30 calls about you on my phone, and I'm, I'm a gangster. So you better leave here right now before there's trouble for yourself. You understand that? 
with the mob over here. You better leave now. Got it? I apologize. You better leave now. What? What's going on? The sooner you leave, the better. Okay. I will be no, gone then. You, I will be gone. You're not gone yet. As soon as you go, you better I, go now. I will be gone. Thank you very much for your business. Uh, I don't, definitely don't want to the mob. Okay. All right. So there you go. So the mob self-identifies now. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm just saying, like, all right, I know some gangsters. They're not mob gangsters, uh, but they're gangsters. And uh, the last, and thing they go around saying them, that, right? Last thing they do, they say, "Hey, I am a gangster." <laughs> Never will happen. Never. Uh, this was just ironic. Um, and we don't have a whole lot of information behind this, but naturally, the individual who was streaming live at the time um, felt as if, you know, just in case, let me go ahead and leave. I don't know if he believed the guy was in the mob or not. I don't know if he really took it seriously, but I think a part of him did, you know, just in case. There's no need. If there's a 1% chance, this is all legit, um, and I could have avoided. Something serious happening, so I'm just going to leave. Uh, Francesca, our thoughts here. I'm there's just a lot going on. Look, I understand if you're an Italian restaurant owner, you're an old man, there's a young streamer with purple hair, and you're, you know, <laughs> you somehow think they're, you know, part of the LGBTQ plus community. It freaks you out. He's got a Kentucky Fried Chicken shirt on. You're gonna be like, get out. But you could say, can you not stream in my restaurant? Like that's easy to say, but then he just rolls up on him, you know, and so creepy. Let's be real. Like, I don't think that there's anyone from the mob in that restaurant, but he was scary. Like he definitely made it seem like I'm sure it got, that was going through the streamer's head. Like you were saying, just like, like, okay, no one from the mob actually self identifies as a mob, but if you're gonna talk like you're a mobster, this guy's got it down really good. Yeah. So, I mean, my, my, I'm with the streamer here, even though I think it's really annoying to live stream. You've seen that, right, Doc? People out at eating, and it's just yeah. like, hey, what's up, YouTube? And you're like, do we have to? Do we have to? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, yeah, so if anybody has an update to what actually happened afterward, let us know. Okay, um, the big homie, Terrence Howard, says he only made $12,000 from Hustle and Flow. Put up his picture for a mask. How, Sway? How? Hustle and Flow, okay? Very popular movie. Terrence Howard revealed in a recent interview that he only made $12,000 for the 2005 blockbuster hit Hustle and Flow, despite the film making $22 million, according to the box office. Howard was nominated for an Academy Award for his performance as DJ, a pimp and aspiring rapper living in Memphis, Tennessee, man. The well-known actor opened up about his pay while appearing on WREG News Channel 3 during an interview that aired on November 7th. Hustle and Flow also stars um, My Wife in Fantasyland. <laughs> to Roger P. Henson. Anthony Anderson, 
and Manning. When asked if he knew that the film would be so transformative when he was making the movie, Howard said he did not. While noting that he was only paid $12,000. He's the main actor, main guy. Uh, the 54-year-old entertainer also revealed that uh, Paramount credited his character DJ uh, with the performance titles instead of the actor resulting in Howard not getting his due for performing the music in the film. Okay, so he does the music for the film. So you have a soundtrack. They credited the character rather than him. Uh, and so he claims he didn't get that money either. Quote, no, check this out. He said, I made $12,000 for doing Hustle and Flow. And then on top of it, what Paramount did, instead of putting my name as Terrence Howard performing the songs, they put performed by DJ. Well, they own DJ. So guess what? The performance royalties went to Paramount. Howard explained that the uh, that he was struggling to pay his rent at the time when he took the role, but he planned to sue the movie studio and send a letter stating that he is owed about 20 years worth of residuals and performance royalties. Not only did Howard say he received low pay for Hustle and Flow, he also claimed he was only paid a few thousand for another critically acclaimed film he starred in, Crash. Remember Crash? Mm -hmm. All right. He made $6,000 doing Crash. He added, noting that actors aren't always paid enough for their work and referencing the recent Screen Actors Guild strike. The business don't pay actors anything. That's why the strike is going on. Actors are struggling. Uh, the SAG strike ended on November 9th after the studios agreed to pay actors residual payments from streaming services. So um, journalist Alex Coleman didn't miss a beat when he replied, quote, it's hard out here for a pimp. Uh, the name of the track, the title track of the hit film. Uh, the Three Six Mafia song won the Academy Award for best original song. Yeah, yeah, it is hard unless you do it right, said Howard. And I've never been good at being a pimp. In an effort to help other actors and entertainers, Get bookings. Howard discussed the app My Holly, which he and his wife, uh, Mira, Myra, excuse me, Howard created, that allows users to audition for roles right from the app. Fans reacted to the news with shock, including one who replied, $12,000. It's literally a hard out here for a pimp. End quote. Uh, two others said, Bro acted his soul out and made $2. And 12,000 and 6,000 for some cultural classics, insane. One individual noted the entertainment industry often does not pay certain actors their due. Um, the Lucius Lion, I knew, would have gotten his money uh, one way or another. They wrote reference to Howard's role as the ruthless record mogul in the Fox series Empire. One final commenter said he lost his Iron Man job because he asked to get paid too. Hollywood isn't fair at all. Especially mm. to actors like Terrence Howard. Um, so the best man star played Colonel James Rhodes in the 2008 Marvel movie Iron Man and received 4.5 million for his role. Despite claims he signed a three movie deal, Howard was replaced by the second uh, by the second film with actor Don Cheadle. Uh, he later alleged that he, he was actually pushed out of the film series and received no help from his friend, uh, the film's lead actor Robert Downey Jr. Um, let's go back to these numbers. Francesca, I'm not in Hollywood. You you are closer <laughs> to Hollywood than I will ever be. Um, I need this to make sense. 
How do you do? And I know it's difficult to do a movie. You got to learn the script. You have to do the scenes. You got to shoot within a certain time frame. You have to work hard. Six thousand and twelve thousand dollars, not for movies no one knows about, but for movies that clearly made millions and are loved by many. Help me understand this. I mean. Look, I I don't know whether to believe Terrence Howard. Meaning, I believe that he was paid that. I just don't know what why. Meaning, you know, what did his managers sell him? What kind of cuts did they take? What about his agents? Right, there is a ten percent cut from your from your agent. There's another ten okay. percent cut from your manager. So there are fees here that there could fees. have been calculated away from him. Sure, but but still, I don't think they're openly taking like twenty or thirty. They're going to still take ten, which is still not enough for those movies. It right. means his day rate. It must have been like $500, if that, right? And that that was all he got, which is super low. I'm glad he's speaking out about it. I'm glad we need to hear more stories like this. And yeah. it is true that SAG, look, they haven't voted for this for the new contract yet, but but trust when like of course, Robert Downey Jr. didn't help him. Of course, other actors don't help him. And of course, I believe the one thing I super believe is that Paramount put those songs in his character's name. Ergo, they got mm -hmm. all the royalties. That yeah. 100% makes sense to me. So sad. I mean, because it's, it's like, okay, we want to enjoy and support actors and movies that are iconic like this. I mean, I mean, the man played the role yeah. to, I mean, just the ultimate, right? But then we realize supporting the movie literally supports the usury yeah. involved in Hollywood. And so I definitely would like to see more information. We support you, dear brother. You are welcome to come to the bullpen anytime. Okay, hell of a thing. So, you know, Mattel, right? Mattel, the, the toy people, they said, we're going to give this children's hospital 49 million. And then they said, well, you know what? We're not going to give you the money. And you would think, well, yeah, you know, you, that's not a good thing, but you can't sue over that. Well, think again. So uh, they're now being sued for it. And I will explain why. Put up the hospital, uh, put up my Mattel full mask. So this is going to have a few twists and turns. So according to a report by the LA Times, Mattel, the company behind Hot Wheels, Fisher Price, Barbie, all right, pledged in a 2017 uh, donation pledge to give. UCLA $49 million to support its children's hospital. That's notable, made a lot of news, got them a lot of earned media, all of that, right? But now, according to a new lawsuit, Mattel made the decision to a few short years later to say no to that pledge and is now trying to offer the pediatric hospital a few million dollars plus a bunch of Barbie dolls, Hot Wheel cars. <laughs> and and other in-kind donation, My God. okay? So the suit was filed. The suit filed last week on behalf of the Regents of the University of California and the UCLA Foundation accuses the company of a breach of contract for going back on its giving pledge and is seeking the full amount of the original pledge plus damages for alleged financial difficulties stemming from the company's decision to back out of its giving plan. So as a last resort, UCLA Health has taken legal action to compel um, the company to honor the $49 million pledge. UCLA Health spokesperson Phil Hampton wrote in a statement, quote, litigation is not the university's preferred path. 
UCLA Health made multiple good faith attempts to resolve this matter through meaningful dialogue, and those efforts were unsuccessful. So Mattel has disputed UCLA's claim it breached anything. Quote, Mattel deeply values its longstanding relationship with UCLA Health, and we are proud that UCLA Mattel Children's Hospital bears our company's name. Mattel spokesperson Catherine Freimark wrote. But the company said that its donation was attended specifically for the construction of a new tower in the children's hospital and argued that because UCLA unilaterally abandoned its plans for the construction of its new hospital tower, the conditions of the 2017 pledge have not been met. The relationship between Mattel and UCLA began in 1998 when Mattel pledged to donate $25 million to support the construction of a children's hospital and in exchange, the university agreed to name the new hospital after Mattel. Mattel delivered on the agreed upon funds by 2004 and the company has continued to host an annual fundraiser for the hospital at the Santa Monica Pier, which the filing notes raised over 1 million in 2022. In 2017, Mattel made another big pledge to the hospital, promising to donate 49 million, 49 million in cash over the next 12 years in exchange UCLA agreed to work Mattel's logo into the logo of the signage of the hospital as the filing notes. This was an unprecedented act of corporate mm-hmm. branding for a UC facility. The 2017 pledge began with Mattel donating the $2 million it had promised in the first year of the deal. Just one year later, however, things started to go sideways in 2018. Mattel paid just $1 million of the $3 million promised. In the pledge agreement, according to the filing, that one million payment was the last one Mattel made. The filing state. So the LA Times notes that Mattel chief executive um, uh, Inan Kriyes informed UCLA that writing the company board that the company board had decided to put a three-year pause on donations. So this is uh, actionable because it's in writing, given the company's bad financial position in 2017. There have been more than 1 billion in losses, all right? There's more. But three years later in 2021, when the donations were supposed to resume, Mattel wrote to the agents to say the company planned to donate only 10 million more in total rather than the 46 million it had initially pledged. Of that 10 million, the company also wrote that only 2.5 million would be in the form of cash. The rest would be made up of 5 million of in-kind marketing and 2.5 million in toys. Uh, There's more. The LA Times also noted Mattel's decision coincides with a major turnaround since 2021. The company has earned over 1.3 billion in profit per financial documents, um, and also uh, expected to take 125 million from its share of the Barbie movie sales. The firm has already spent 110 million on stock to buy back and buy back stock buybacks this year. Mattel's abrupt change. Of course, has caused significant financial injury to the children's hospital on a number of fronts. The suit alleges, besides losing out on the promised cash, the suit argues that Mattel's decision also has jeopardized the construction of a new tower to accommodate more pediatric health services by making financing the project more difficult, causing the hospital to lose out on potential sponsorship deals with more reliable donors and damages fundraising ability writ large by showing few consequences come from um, failing to follow through on its promises to the institution. The tour company, according to the suit, argued in 2021 that it was not obligated 
to fulfill most of its obligations because UCLA wasn't holding up its part of the bargain and had not yet made construction plans for a new facility or launched international health initiatives as discussed in the initial pledge agreement. UCLA argues in the suit that those arguments are baseless and that Mattel was simply making excuses to pull out of the deal. Uh, while yeah. UCLA tried to negotiate with Mattel over the last two years with no results, the 24th annual Mattel sponsored party um, on the uh, peer fundraiser for UCLA's Children's Hospital went on as planned November 5th, just four days before UCLA filed its suit. Okay, <laughs> now- Awkward. <laughs> I know, right, really awkward. Okay, so very quickly, here's the premise of law typically. Uh, if you say to someone, I'm going to give you a gift, right? A contribution is typically considered a gift, meaning there is no um, mutual consideration. This is not a contract. I'm giving you something. If it is a gift, there is no contractual obligation for a gift unless you made certain specific movements, decisions based on anticipation of the gift. Now you can file suit under a doctrine called promissory estoppel, meaning I have now injured myself because I relied on your promise. And because of your promise, we made certain decisions. Yeah. And now those decisions have impacted us negatively because you did not adhere to your promise. Once again, still not a contract. That's called promissory estoppel. Now, if UCLA is arguing, well, they did not meet their end of the bargain. Well, now we're back in contract land. Mm -hmm. Because a contract is a bargain for exchange. So this is no longer a contribution. In other, in other words, no matter how you look at this, Mattel, you're effed. Mm. Uh, because if you made a promise and they made decisions based on that promise, well, that's promissory estoppel. If this is not a promise, Mattel, but in fact, it is a contract where you would have to prove that they had what's called material breaches of contract, not simply breaches of contract. All right, yeah. there we go. No, exactly. It's got to be in writing, and it's clearly not. They're just pulling stuff out of their butt. I mean, who are you going to believe? I'm I'm going with <laughs> uh, the massive corporation that just made Hand Over Fist billions of dollars, the highest grossing movie of the year with Barbie. Um, you know, in part, right? That's not all their money. They, you know, but over the children's hospital, and right. it's just so ridiculous. Like the only thing I could say is like UCLA should have just been like, okay, look, you're going to get an M. For the first third of the money you could deliver, you're gonna get an A for the next third of the money you deliver. You're gonna get a T. You know what I mean? Like you buy yourself a vowel here. Otherwise, I'm not putting your stupid name on our hospital because you haven't delivered the 49 million dollars. But look, Mattel got what they wanted out of it. They look like a shining, wonderful corporation that's doing good things for people. When in reality, yeah, it's a pledge, and they only gave a fraction of what they had pledged. Yeah, I mean, they came in with the low low. Uh, you know, it's going to be interesting how the suit turns out. Always a pleasure having you on the program. Tell people how they can follow you, check out your great work. Yeah, follow me at Franny Fio on all the platforms and listen to the Bituation Room uh, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube and Twitch at Franny Fio. Always a pleasure. All right, remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.